Lord, we stand in your presence tonight in just a sacred moment. Lord, in the busyness and the trappings of, of Christmas, celebrating you. Lord, we want to begin our festivities and our celebration with the one that we're celebrating. We thank you, Lord, that you are our light that has come into our darkness and that you are the one who has seen our lives. You've seen circumstances from the beginning of time to now. And as we sit in these moments now, may our eyes see you as our King of kings and our Lord of lords. May we see you as the one who does bring light to us. May we behold you as our Savior, the one who redeems and restores. Because without this part of the story, without your birth, we wouldn't have the resurrection. And so tonight, Father, would would you give us these moments to encounter you and to love on you and to celebrate you tonight because you are worthy of our praise. And we ask all of this in your name, Father. Amen. Amen. As you're seated, I'm going to invite Ray Flaherty to come up and join me as he reads the Christmas story to us. Now in, those, now in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census was taken of all the inhabitants on earth. This was the first census taken from Justinus, who was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census. Each, each in his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which was called Bethlehem, because he was a house and a, and a family of David. In order that to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and he was wrapped him in, in claws and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And... It, and, and an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were ter- terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which was to be for all the people. For today in the city of David there is born 
for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you, and you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and laying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared from the, the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among you, among men, with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go to get straight to the Bethlehem, then and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in, in a hurry and found a way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they were, had seen his, they made known the statement which had been told them about his, this child. And all of who had heard it wondered if the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart. Thank you. Thank you, Ray. Our, Ray is, I think, the oldest member of our congregation. He's, he's eight, 90 years young. And uh, and we usually always ask some little kids to read the, the, the um, Christmas story. And this year, we were thinking about it, and we said, wouldn't it be awesome if we had our favorite person in the whole church read it? And everybody said, that's Ray. And so, uh, so thank you, Ray, for reading the Christmas story for us tonight. You've, you've done that just a few times in your, in your 90 years. Well, at the very first service? At this church? You, I did not know that he read the Christmas story at the very first service. Oh, you attended the very first one. Praise the Lord. Well, Ray, is. we just love you to death, and thank you for reading the Christmas story to us today. And um, so Ray read that the Christmas story from the Gospel of Luke. And maybe if you're like me, as Ray was reading the story, you were trying to imagine what it must have been like to actually be there at the time of Jesus' birth. As he's reading about what's going on and the angels and everything, you're trying to imagine what could that have, what could that have been like. And, and as I try to imagine what it might have been like um, on, that, on that real day that that really did happen, I'm always struck by something. And it's this. Jesus came into a total mess. Think about it. Jesus came into a total, total mess. Think about the reality of the situation. Here we have Jesus, who is eternal. He, is, he has always existed as part of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, existing for all of eternity, forever in perfect love and unity, not needing anything, being complete and whole in themselves. And, and I can't fathom how that's possible, but that's what the scriptures tell us is, to be, is true about God. And as part of the Trinity... Jesus has created, according to the Bible, everything that there is. 
the earth and mankind and the animals and the cosmos. And, and, you know, he's literally created billions times billions of stars and galaxies and wonders that we have, that mankind has absolutely no idea about. We're still discovering as we go deeper into space that Jesus did that and that he does everything that he does on purpose. So on purpose, Jesus, this, our eternal God, came as a tiny baby into a great big mess. Think about the mess. First of all, Jesus was born in a barn. That's a mess. As I was preparing this message, it made me think of something, and I thought it was funny, and I don't know if you'll think it's funny. But when I was a kid, and some of you were a kid, um, if you walked out of the house or walked into the house and didn't close the door... What did your mother yell to you? Were you born in a barn? I literally heard somebody say that the other day to their child. Were you born in a barn? And imagine if Jesus, um, if Mary's with, with Jesus and Jesus left the door open and Mary says to Jesus, were you born in a barn? Jesus literally could turn around, look at Mary and go, why, yes, I was born in a barn. And so, it's a mess. He was born in a barn. We can laugh at it, and, and I think that's funny. We're just thinking of Mary saying to Jesus, were you born in a barn? And him going, yeah, actually, I was born in a barn. But he was actually born in a barn. Joseph probably had to clean hay or oats or whatever the animals were eating um, out of a feeding box. That's what a manger is. To clean out the feeding box, maybe put some fresh hay in there and a blanket in there to make a bed for Jesus. He probably had to take a shovel and, and clean manure out from some area in the barn and, and put a blanket down and make a place for, for Mary to give birth to the Savior, the eternal Savior, the one who does everything on purpose. He came into a mess, and, in a, a messy barn, dirty and dark and maybe cold and for sure uncomfortable. But Jesus came into that on purpose. But that wasn't the worst of the mess. Jesus was not only born in the barn, but Jesus was born in the middle of a scandal. You see, Mary and Joseph, as we know from Scripture, were not married. And Mary was pregnant. And we know what that could be like in our society, but in their society it would have been infinitely more challenging. And we can imagine, just imagine, how Mary and Joseph must have been treated. Imagine the looks they received from the ladies out in the neighborhood who, who didn't understand what was going on. Imagine the jokes that were made by Joseph's friends. Yeah, Joseph, whatever you say, divine conception. Imagine the, the, the comments as they're walking down the street, the criticism they're receiving, the fear that they must feel knowing that the religious leaders could, had the right to, have Mary stoned, killed for being pregnant and not being married. It was a mess. And the mess didn't stop there. To make the situation even messier, Jesus was born into a poor family. And being born in poverty always makes life more difficult and, more, and, and messier. So he was born into a poor Jewish family living under Roman domination. In that situation, Jesus' family, literally in society, had virtually no rights they had no power. They had no freedom. Matter of fact, the story itself speaks to that, that the very reason that, that Jesus is born in a barn 
is because the Roman government had made a decree that you had to travel from where you lived to your great-great-grandfather's home, your ancestor's home, and be counted in a census. And so they traveled the nearly 60 miles by foot to get there. No one with a pregnant wife would do that on purpose. No pregnant woman would say, I'm almost ready to give birth. I think it's a good idea for me to get on the back of a donkey and travel 60 miles But because they were in the mess that they were in, this Jewish family living under Roman domination, when the the government said go, they went. And they were forced, because they were forced to do whatever Rome said. Friends, it was a mess that Jesus came into. So, why did the eternal God, who does everything on purpose, does nothing by chance... Why, knowing that he was coming as, what did the angels say? He was coming as Christ the Lord, who would save people from their sins. The angel had just declared it to the shepherds in the field. That's who he is. Why would he come into such a mess? Why not come as the son of the wealthiest king on the planet? So that he would have all the advantages and the power and the, and the education and the money and the influence that comes with not being in such a mess. Why? Well, there's probably a number of reasons we could come up with, but there's one in particular that I'd like us to consider this evening on Christmas Eve, and it's this. Friends, Jesus came into a mess so that he could help each and every one of us in our own messes. You see, as we look at the life and the ministry of Jesus... We see that he continually reached out and loved people in the worst of messes. People who may be the rich and the powerful and the well-connected rarely even noticed because their lives were insulated from the dark reality of how some other, those other people lived. But Jesus sees those other people. Jesus connects with those other people. Jesus connects with them. Why? Because he's one of them. He's one of us. You see, Jesus sees the man bound by demons, living in the tombs in the country of the the Gadarenes, an unimaginable mess bound and and living in the tombs and breaking his binds and people afraid to see him literally living in the tombs. Jesus crossed over the sea on purpose to go to that man in the greatest of messes and scripture shows that Jesus set him free. It says that others, people had bound him and had banished him, but Jesus loves him and frees him. Jesus goes to those that are in the mess. Jesus sees rich Zacchaeus the tax collector, the one hated by his countrymen for extorting money for the Romans from his very own people. He had created his own mess. Jesus sees him perched up in a tree one day in the midst of this massive crowd. And what does Jesus do? Does Jesus criticize him for what he's done? Does Jesus rebuke him for who he is? No. Jesus goes to him. And he invites him into his world and he ministers to him. And the the encounter with Jesus changes Zacchaeus, his life, so drastically that he gives away the most important thing in his life. It says that he gives away his money, the thing that he had worshipped his whole life, the thing that he was willing to trade the relationship with his countrymen for so that he could become rich. He literally gives away his money. Jesus saw a man in a mess. 
and he went into his mess to love him and to rescue him. Jesus sees a Samaritan woman at a well. One who was at the bottom of the rung of society. Divorced five times, living with a man. So much of an outcast from her culture that she had to go to the well in the middle of the day, which was not when they went to draw water normally. The women drew water in the morning when it was cool, but she had to go in the middle of the day. Why? Because she was such an outcast from her community and treated so poorly because her state in the, in the culture, being divorced five times and living with a man, that she went by herself in the middle of the day to the well to water the animals. Jesus sees her in her mess. And what does he give her? Does he give her a hard time? No, he says he gives her living water so she would never thirst again. He gives her the new life that comes from finding salvation and freedom through Jesus, the Savior of the world. He goes to her and he blesses her. And I hope we're starting to see a pattern here. Jesus, on purpose, came into our world, the world that he created, but that sin through humanity turned into a terrible mess. He came into that mess born in a barn, born in poverty, born in oppression, so that he could reach each and every person who finds themselves in their very own messes. You see, he was showing us something. He was showing us that he is the Savior for everyone. He's not just a Savior for the rich. He's not just a Savior for the successful. He's not just a Savior for the powerful. But he's a Savior for the ordinary He's a savior for the overlooked. He's a savior for the misunderstood and the oppressed. That's the savior who that he is. You see, in the middle of the Christmas story that that Ray just read for us this evening is this very small but powerful word that reminds us about this. The 10th verse of, of the second chapter of Luke that Ray just read, it says this, But the angel said to them, To the shepherds, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. Did you notice that little small three-letter word? All. See, friends, Jesus is Savior for all. Jesus is Savior for everyone. And Jesus goes out of of his way to teach us this by starting out as a nobody, in the middle of the worst mess that could be conceived of. And he spent his life reaching people that everyone else had pushed aside and ostracized and condemned. He looked at me and said, no one is too messy in Jesus' eyes. And church, that's still true today. No one is too messed up in the eyes of Jesus. You see, you're not too big of a mess for Jesus. You may think you've strayed too far. You have not. You're not too big of a mess for Jesus. Mom and dad, your child is not too far gone to be reached by the love and the grace of Jesus. No one is too far for Jesus. Your spouse isn't unreachable. Your neighbor isn't too lost. Because Jesus specializes in coming into the lives of Of people in a mess. Christmas reminds us about what can happen when Jesus arrives. Lives are changed. People are set free. Hope enters into the mess. So this Christmas, 
Let's remember Jesus has come as Savior who? For all. Let's look at the world with new perspective, with new hope, knowing that Christ has come into the mess of our lives and the mess of our world. So because of that, our hearts can be filled with hope. Friends, that's the message of Christmas. That's the message of Jesus being born into a stable in the middle of a mess. And Jesus spending his whole life going to people in their various messes. And he looks at us. We look all nice on Christmas Eve. We smile when we walk into church. But we know this. There's a lot of messes in our lives. There's a lot of pain and struggle and difficulty. And friends, Christmas reminds us that Jesus has come to give you hope. And tonight, whatever you're going through. As Jesus has come, why did he come? He came to give himself for us. Welcome him into your mess. We're all living in a mess. Welcome him into your mess and let him bring the hope and the change and the transformation that can only come through relationship with Jesus. Would you pray with me this evening? Lord Jesus, you see us. Lord, on the outside, we can make it look real good, but on the inside, Lord, just because we're humankind, there's a lot of messiness. Thank you, Lord, that you never push us away. So, Lord, tonight, this Christmas Eve, we invite you into our unique situations, into our unique messes. Lord, tonight... In this next coming days, we're going to interact with family and friends. And a lot of those situations are going to reveal some messes. There's some strained relationships, maybe. There's going to be a lot of joy, but Lord, there's going to be some strained situations. And we ask that you would be in the middle of any mess that we might find ourselves in. That we would act like you, and that you would give the grace that we need to love in all situations. So Lord, as as we invite you into our mess, we, we pray, God, that you would come in and you would change things. Lord, for some of us, we ask you to come and break addictions. Lord, for some, we ask that you'd clear up confusion. For some, we ask that you would replace fear with hope knowing that you, Lord, are the answer to our mess. So come into our situations as you came into that stable in Bethlehem and fill our hearts with your hope. In the amazing name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.